Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. I am pumped about today's episode. I got a lot of messages over the last couple of weeks about wanting some Uh, at least an episode, talking about how to study the Bible more. And I love that. What, What better thing to do with our time than to know God? So I've got five tips to understanding the Bible for you today. Five tips that we're going to look at that I think is gonna help you elevate your understanding of who God is. But I wanna say to you that, you know, understanding the Bible is a journey. I just wanna give this disclaimer at the front. It is a journey. It's it's a book that's designed to take a lifetime to digest and, and maybe you never even digest it in a whole lifetime. I remember when I was in high school, I bought the NLV Student Life Bible and I had this really cool like fabric Bible cover with like a Velcro strap on it and it was awesome. And when I was a junior, senior in high school, I went through a pretty difficult, challenging time in my life, lost a lot of friends who were wanting to go down the party scene route, and I just didn't want to do that, and ended up spending a lot of Friday and Saturday nights in my room with this Bible. And what I wish I could say to you was that I learned so much about God, but what I actually did was I just read the commentary all the time. I would maybe read one or two verses, and then I'd get you know lost in the student life Bible where it would have the, the dear Bible people letters, I'm smoking smoking cigarettes and I need help and then they would have an answer for it or whatever and I could memorize those because the Bible itself, the words of scripture just felt so confusing to me. I didn't know what to do with them. I I didn't, I, I mean, I knew they were important, but I didn't really know, you know, how to embrace them. You guys have probably heard my story before, but I grew up, my dad is Jewish. He was Jewish. He's gotten saved, uh, but, you know, we're still a Jewish line family. In fact, we've been able to trace our our family heritage back hundreds of years. Everybody is Jewish. And so uh, really interesting stuff. But when I was growing up, family movie night looked like you had to watch some of the Jewish staples. So we had to watch uh, Fiddler on the Roof, right? That was like a a mandate childhood experience in my household. (laughs) I know it sounds ridiculous to you, but this is what it was like. And we also had to watch this movie called Yentl, which Barbara Streisand starred in, where she is a, a girl who wants to learn the Torah and pretends to be a boy. Really interesting story. But there's a scene in that movie where the Bible falls on the ground. Of course, it's the Torah in that movie, but uh, it falls on the ground and the father picks it up and kisses the book and puts it back on the shelf. And that was such a monumental shaping moment for me to see how Jewish people, and this is you know fairly accurate in, in that time period, Jewish people really cherished the word of God as something sacred and holy, that the book itself was not supposed to be marked up. It wasn't supposed to even be set on the floor. So even in that, I would say, okay, so the Bible is this reverent piece of literature, but I know I need it in my life, but I don't fully understand it. 
And I just share that with you because if you've ever felt that way, you're in good company and there's hope for you to become a great Bible reader and learner, uh, even if right now you would rather not spend time in it. Now, now you might hear that and go, ah, why did she just say that? Look, I've been a pastor long enough to know that it's true. There are a lot of people who really struggle with the Bible. So I'm saying that to you to alleviate that pressure in your life. So let's just dive in, right? Let's just go into it. Five tips to understanding the Bible. Tip number one for you is to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. It's my personal conviction that the Holy Spirit illuminates the word of God and helps it make sense. When we see the disciples at the beginning of the book of Acts and they are waiting in the upper room, God has, Jesus has asked them to wait and contend. They're praying day after day and the sound of the rushing wind comes. The Holy Spirit breaks on the scene and pandemonium breaks out. Tongues of fire are seen visibly over people's heads. It's a wild moment in time. And as that happened, we begin to see that the disciples' understanding of the word was elevated like never before. Peter gets up and starts preaching this connected message of scriptures from the Old Testament and Joel and different prophecies, and he's bringing a new light onto them, and people are getting saved. The Holy Spirit loves to illuminate scripture for you. So if you're someone like me and you would say, I really struggle to understand the Bible, I want you to begin to pray. It might take a little while. The disciples, as they waited before Pentecost, waited for several days. It might take you some contending, but ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate the word of God to you as you read the Bible. That is the best and number one tip because he knows the word inside and out. He is God alongside of Jesus, who is the word, and they are the best source to help you understand it. Tip number two, this is a really important one. You need to choose how you're going to read the Bible. Now, you might be saying, well, I'm just going to read it. I'm going to literally look at the words. But the Bible is not a book like that. It's not just a novel. It is spiritual food, and it's also historical. It's also cultural. It's also, uh, it's got all these different nuances to it. And so you kind of have to decide before you open your Bible that day, what are you reading it for? Maybe the better question is, do you feel like you're reading it out of obligation? Are you reading it because you want to learn something about God? Or are you reading it for encouragement and spiritual food? Each of those things takes on a different lens when you read it. Now, of course, I hope you're not reading it for obligation. So we're going to toss that one out. But the other two, you have to decide, am I reading the word today to learn something? Or am I reading it to get like spiritual food, encouragement, inspiration out of it? Can you read for both? Yeah, you can. But when you're getting started or when you're at the beginning of your journey, it will really help you to break it down into those two categories. I really highly encourage you, if you've never read through the Bible cover to cover, do that. You can do it in a year. You can do it faster. There's all kinds of Bible reading plans online you can Google and find that will break it down into like read this many chapters this day, that day, etc. And you can make it all the way through the Bible. I've done cover to cover one time. My husband loves to do it almost yearly. Uh, it's just kind of his thing. It's how his brain works. It's not how my brain works. But I think it is important for us to have read it uh, at least once all the way through. But when we read the Bible, we have to decide, are we just reading it to get through it? 
Are we reading it to learn something about God, to understand him, or are we reading it for spiritual food? Honestly, when you sit down and open the word, you're probably going to have a lot of all of that jumping out at you. When you're reading for inspiration, when you approach the word, you're asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate something for you. So when you're actually reading the verses, you're going to have these moments where something jumps out at you and it feels like the Holy Spirit either slaps you in the face or infuses your heart with this like warmth. It might not feel exactly like that to you, but in other words, we're going to have a reaction to what we're reading. It is the word of God, and that's good. And so when we're reading for inspiration and we're looking at the scripture, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for those verses that are going to jump out and illuminate us. When we're reading to learn, then we read long passages and we actually have to break them down. One of my favorite resources is the NIV Cultural Backgrounds Study Bible. This Bible is huge. It's like twice the size of a normal Bible because of how much commentary is in it. But the commentary is designed to help you understand what life was like in that time period. And I love this resource. There are other resources out there that are more pricey and harder to compile together. And this one is just very simple to understand. Even with like the Passion Translation or even the Amplified Bible, they're giving you commentary as well. And so when you're reading to study, commentaries can be helpful. They can be helpful to, you know, give you information that you might not have known. But what you need to know is that commentaries have a specific bent on them. They are someone's opinion of that passage. And so you always have to hold them with a little grain of salt, knowing that that person may not be accurate in what they're saying. This is the way that I personally approach it. When I'm reading commentaries, it's helpful to me. It's helpful to get sort of like a a worldview, but I want to know what the theological bent of that commentator is. Do they um, believe, are they cessationists? They don't believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit move anymore. Well, I'm probably not going to read that commentary. Uh, Do they believe that the Bible says that women should be oppressed and, you know, silent in church and not have any leadership roles? Well, I'm probably not going to read much from that as well. Why? Well, because their theology is going to affect how they interpret scripture. That doesn't mean I only pick and choose people that believe like me. I do like to read other people's opinions, but I do it in a way where I'm looking for the common thread and I want to let the Bible speak for itself. That leads us to point number three, let the Bible say what it says. One of my favorite um, Bible scholars, Dr. Michael Heiser, he harps on this all the time, you know, and, and what he does is he helps us to understand how often we approach the Bible and we think we know what it's saying. We heard a sermon as a child or, you know, 10 years ago about this verse, and so we think that's the fullness of it, and we miss out on what's lying in wait in that scripture, We have to let the Bible say what it says, even if what it's saying is confusing to us. So this goes back to point number two. Are you reading to study or are you reading for inspiration? If you're reading for inspiration, then when you come across something that's confusing to you, you're probably just going to move on past it. But if you're reading to study, when you find something that's confusing, it is an opportunity to interact with the Holy Spirit. It's an opportunity to discover something in the Word. I love this. I I love this part of life with God. When I come up against something in scripture that I just don't understand, this is what I do. I ask the Holy Spirit, what is this? What does this mean? 
What can you tell me about this verse? What am I missing in my understanding of this? I always filter it through the lens that God is good, that Jesus' work on the cross was sufficient for all sin, that we are not ostracized from the Lord when we are in Christ. These are the basic understandings, right? And so I use that as a filter. So if I'm reading something in the New Testament especially that sounds like harsh, it sounds ungraceful, it sounds um, too intense, like, you know, like the old covenant type way, like you're going to die. Then I have to filter it through that and, and really challenge myself to interact with the Holy Spirit, even though I might be put off a little bit by what I'm reading. Time and time again, when we invite the Holy Spirit to help us, he will. He will help you understand the word. If you don't understand it right away, that's okay. Ask God for insight. And I would also recommend that you take notes. When I'm studying scripture, I have a separate notebook for that where I'll just jot down scriptures or verses that were a little bit confusing to me because I actually expect God to bring the understanding to me. It might take a little while. <clears throat> it might take me a few months even. There's been times in my life where I've, I've read a passage and thought, I do not understand that. That is so weird. Instead of just rejecting it, instead of rejecting myself for not being smart enough, whatever, I'll leave it. I'll give it to God and I'll leave it. And time and time again, I'll come across something, have a moment with the Lord or come across some random podcast or teaching, something like that, that will speak directly into it. And I'll go, oh, that's what I was missing. Why? Because I'm asking the Holy Spirit to show me. So let's review our, our first three tips for understanding the Bible. Number one, ask Holy Spirit to help you, help you see what the word actually says. Number two, choose how you are reading that day. Are you reading to study and learn? Are you reading to get inspiration or spiritual food? Are you reading to be reminded of who you are? Are you reading to be reminded of who God is? Or are you reading out of obligation? Take some time and actually decide that. And the third is to let the Bible say what it says and give yourself time to digest it. Give yourself time. A great example of that one would be in Romans. There's this theme of being justified in Romans. And I'll tell you what, it took me two or three years to fully wrap my mind around that word justified and what it meant. Now, that you should know, it's not like that's the only thing I read for two or three years. But I remember reading it. I remember feeling like, I do not understand what this says. This is way over my head. Come back a few weeks later, read it again. Nope, still don't understand what it says. A few weeks later, and then I gave it to the Lord. And here and there, I would read different things, and nothing really felt like it made sense to me until about two or three years later. And all of a sudden, it something clicked, and I'm like, oh, that's what that means. And I was never the same. So I say that to you to take the pressure off. You don't have to understand every single thing that you read in the Bible right away. Tip number four is to talk to the Holy Spirit, ask him questions before you turn to commentaries. Now, I know we've already had a little bit of a note about commentaries, but one of the things that we do when we don't understand is we start looking to other people to explain it. But I want you to see that when you don't understand something in scripture, it is an opportunity for you to encounter God in that place. It's an invitation for you to go deeper and have a dialogue with the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you, ask the Holy Spirit questions. So if I'm reading in the Gospels, for example, I'm, let's just say I'm reading the story of Jesus taking a nap in the boat during the storm, and I'm going, why was he sleeping? I mean, I know it has some, some obvious things there, but why was he sleeping, Lord? 
So I'll literally ask. Usually I journal it out so I can keep my train of thought succinct and I'll just ask the Holy Spirit, why was he sleeping in this moment? I'll take a moment and just let him speak into that. Asking the Holy Spirit before we use other people's applications is so important when we study the Bible. So no matter what you're reading or why you're reading, I encourage you, make sure at some point in your reading that day, you are asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to see in this scripture? What do you want me to see? What is it that you are speaking to me through this? Sometimes you'll probably already know, but if you don't know, go ahead and ask him why. Because that void that you're feeling when you read it is an invitation for you to step closer to God and actually commune with him. The fifth and final point for today is to make sure that you actually take time to read for both food and study. Make sure you take the time to do both. So depending on your upbringing and your background, you may be you know, thinking that a quiet time is a necessary thing for every day. You might have been raised to think that you need to be reading your Bible every single day. You might have been raised to be thinking that it doesn't matter if you read your Bible at all. I'm not sure what your backstory is, but I really want to challenge you. Have a tremendous value for the word of God. Understand that it is the primary source that we're going to learn and know God through. It is infallible, meaning it's never going to be refuted and it's never going to be disproven. In fact, as society has moved on 2,000 years plus, uh, it's never been disproven. Archaeology continues to prove what the Bible says. It's pretty fascinating. And for that matter, this is a very holy book in the sense that it has gone through many, many decades, I mean, excuse me, centuries of translation, and it is still almost eerily accurate to how it started in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which wasn't even its beginning point. But if you're thinking about a Dead Sea Scroll that's thousands of years old, and we're looking at what the Bible is that you are reading in your hand today, it's almost verbatim the same text. Why? Because God himself This is his word, and he sees over it, he watches over it, and he makes sure it is protected. So the Bible is the best way to know God. It is more uh, helpful for you than actually even hearing his voice. Why? Because the word of God is his voice. So make sure you're taking time. But I want to just say a note about how much time do you need? Well, I'm going to turn that into a question. How much time do you need? What is God doing in your life right now? Sometimes, especially if you're a mom or you're a stay-at-home mom, you may only have a very small amount of time each day to devote to dedicated time with God. I remember when my kids were really little, like, you know, baby, toddler, uh, four-year-old, and I was like, I do not have literal time in my life to sit and actually read the Bible every day. And I felt all this guilt about that. I felt like I was going to end up going astray from God if I wasn't reading the Bible every day. I was really stressed. But I was even more so stressed trying to figure out how to build it in because my second child, Callie, when she was eight months old, she decided she didn't need to nap anymore. And that was the end of childhood naps for the rest of my children as well. My third child, Jack, he would nap until about nine months old, then he quit napping. And then Grace made it about six months and then she quit napping. I don't have a way to explain it except to say that's just how they were. So even nap time wasn't an option for me. What I realized was connecting with Jesus is so much more than just reading the Bible. Connecting with Jesus is having a vibrant life that is true to where you are. If you are in a season where you have no time on a daily basis to spend an hour studying the word of God, that's okay. 
I would encourage you and challenge you, build in time, protect it like it's an appointment in your calendar, and be faithful to that time if you can't do it every day. For me, for a couple of years, it was Saturday afternoons. I would spend three hours reading the word, jotting down scriptures I wanted to meditate during the on during the week. I'd put them on post-it notes, put them all over my kitchen, that kind of thing. And that was how I fed myself on the word for several years. As my kids got old enough to give me a little bit more space for that, then I built in a different rhythm. What I'm saying to you is, Be honest about where you are and have a value for the word of God. That is the fifth and final tip that I cannot stress enough. Read it for study and read it for spiritual inspiration and food. So let's just review real quick. The top five tips for understanding the Bible. Number one, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. You cannot do it without his help. Number two, choose how you're going to read. Before you start reading it, decide, what am I reading this for? So you can have a vision for what you're doing. Number three, let the Bible say what it says and be okay with the time it takes to understand it. Number four, ask the Holy Spirit before you turn to commentaries, teachings, pastor's opinions, that kind of thing. Ask the Holy Spirit. Confusion or not knowing what a verse is trying to say to you is an invitation by God to come deeper into communion with him so that he can lead you. And number five, finally, make time to read the word. Whether it's for food or study or both, make sure there is time in your life to do it but you don't have to be legalistic about it. You don't have to, you know, you're not going to hell if you don't read the Bible every single day. Just know that. But you should value it in a way that you want to remember and look at and ingest the word of God. I hope this was helpful for you today. Obviously, there's a lot more things that are helpful with reading the Bible. But if you want to hear more about this, go ahead and shoot me a message on social media. I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.